Amen. Let me share a word of the Lord with you this morning. Uh, It's faint not. And the word comes from Luke chapter 18 where Jesus says to pray always and faint not. And so Jesus wanted to teach his disciples how to pray. I believe we're in a season where the church has got to reclaim our ability to pray and to pray without ceasing, as Paul put it. Paul's quoting the same idea, pray always. He said, pray never ending, pray without stopping. Jesus said, pray always without fainting, same thing. Let's pray always. And so Jesus wanted to teach his disciples how to pray and to keep on praying. And so he told them a parable. It's found in Luke 18. Will you turn there, please? Luke 18, chapter 18, verse 1 through 8. I want to take you through the story. Many of you know it about the persistent widow. Let me help set up that story for you. Luke 18, verse 1. And Jesus told them a parable. Why? To effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He's encouraging them to pray. Now, they are good Jews, normal Jews, praying three times a day, normal morning prayers, midday prayers, and evening prayers. Jesus is saying, I want you to pray beyond that. I want you to move past religious prayer and into the realm of communion with the Father. I need you to pray always. Keep praying. And so he tells them a story. In a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. So Jesus is setting up a story with the antagonist, and that is a man who had power and authority, but he was not a good man. He was a pagan man. He was a man that had no interest in God, did not want godliness, could care less about godliness, and he couldn't care less what you think of him. He didn't care about what people thought of him. He was a man that had power. His decisions and his choices were to benefit him and his purposes. That's the kind of judge Jesus is presenting in this story. Then he says, and there was a widow in that city. Now he's setting the protagonist, that who is the weakest of culture and society at that time, a widow. She had no voice. She had no ability to speak. She had no husband. If she had children, they were to take care of her. But if she had no children and no other relatives, she was literally destitute. There was no one to defend her, no one to help her. So she was the least among them. James says, pure religion is helping the widows and orphans, those who have no one to speak to them. So Jesus is setting up the perfect story that this horrible judge who has power, this poor woman who has none, who will bring her justice And so she comes to the judge and says, give me a justice. Give me justice against my adversary. For a while, he refused. You know, this woman is driving me nuts. There's nothing to gain from her. I'm not going to get any kickback. I'm not going to get any cash. She's annoying, like a mosquito. And uh, there's no political gain in this. Just leave me alone, woman. He figures as long as he turns her away, she'll go. But for a while he refused, but after his words, he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, this dude even knew his reputation. Yet, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continually coming. Wow. End of the story. End of the story. There's the compare and contrast. 
and this is one of those uh, how much more stories. So you have this evil judge, this poor woman, but because of her persistence, it's a word called importunity, her importunity, her shameless persistence, shameless asking. I'm not quitting till I get an answer. I'm not going to stop till I receive my reward. The Lord said, hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God, who gives justice to his elect, who cry to him day and night, will he delay long over them? God is a merciful God. God is a just God. God is righteous and ever-loving towards his children, towards his elect. So how much more will God quickly answer and quickly bring the needs to bear? Will he not delay? In verse 8 he says, I tell you he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will find faith in the earth. Don't lose faith. When you pray, don't lose heart or as the King James, the older version says, faint not. Faint not. Now, that's a great story. It encourages faith in us. But how many of you have been persistent in prayer, have sought the Lord, have called on His name continually, relentlessly, and you did not receive what you had hoped or expected to receive? And in that, we faint. We faint in prayer. I was studying the Word a couple weeks ago, and as I came across this passage, evaluating my own prayer life, and I read that, and I saw that he says, pray always and faint not. I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, Tim, you fainted. And I realized he called me out. I knew that, but I didn't have a name for it. I, as a pastor, get calls all hours of the day and all hours of the night. They're life and death calls, continually. And I go to pray, and I seek God in prayer. And I pray for healing. I pray for breakthrough. I'm persistent in my prayers. And I'll have to tell you, I'll bear my heart to you, a number of years ago, praying for one of the most dear people I have ever known, my sister-in-law, praying for her with ovarian cancer. God, it hit us hard. We prayed. We hit our knees. We didn't pray once. We didn't pray twice. We prayed day and night. We established prayer teams. I prayed like I've never prayed. I fasted 40 days without solid food, praying and fasting seeking God. I had experiences with the Lord that I had never had in intercession. I prayed and prayed. One night, I had prayed in tongues for six hours straight. The only thing I had in between praying in tongues was breathing. Never experienced anything so supernatural. Literally six hours of tongues, non-stop, praying, seeking, knowing I'd get the answer. And I knew that she'd be healed. I knew she'd be delivered. I knew we would break through. And she died. And I was devastated. I was stunned. I didn't faint during that season, but what I realized is when I went to pray for other needs after that time, 
faint. I would faint. And I didn't know how to gain my strength back. God, I needed to. Because there's another call for someone who is dying. There's another call for cancer. There's another call for sickness. There's another call. And we've got to stay up, church. We can't faint. But prayer fainting is something that happens to all of us at different times. And I want to share with you what it means to prayer faint and how to remedy that. I'm not talking about losing your salvation, losing faith in God. I trust God. It's when you're in dismay. It's when you, you, you don't realize what happened. How did this happen? I know the word. I know the promises. And when I go to pray again and I pray through, I'm reminded of what happened and I faint sometimes. If I can be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. You do too. So I look at fainting. He says, always pray and faint not. So what is fainting? What does it mean to faint? Anakeo is the Greek word. It means to lack courage, to lose heart, to be faint-hearted, to lose consciousness, to lose awareness, to fall out. And we have that happen to us. And may I dare say that through this last two and a half years of COVID and strangeness in the land, many believers have fainted in their prayer life. But God needs a people who will faint not and keep praying. What I mean by fainting is that we're not praying to the level we should be praying. We pray and say, thy will be done, whatever you're going to do, do. And we faint from our intercession. Because we don't know what to do. Now, how many of you have ever heard of fainting goats? Your homework is to Google fainting goats. These are bizarre animals. They're so skittish that when they're scared, when they are in a place of anxiousness or just uh, excited, they, their muscles, within, because of the way they're made, their muscles lock. Their legs, their whole body, everything locks, and they fall over on their back with their legs straight up. You can walk up to one of these and go, boo, and it'll go, boom, and fall over faint. There's a whole herd of them, and you just have to make a loud noise, a honk a horn, and the whole herd will go, ah! Oh. But brothers and sisters, I'm afraid that's us in the church. The storms are going to come. They're on the way. Trouble is coming. Paul tells us, well, Jesus tells us that there is such a, a travail that is coming to this planet that men's hearts will faint, fail them for fear. And we don't need the church going, hallelujah, and fainting. We've got to overcome prayer fainting so that we can pray. And continue. Now these goats, it just takes a couple minutes and they loosen up and they get back up and go on their way till there's trauma again. So prayer fainting is temporal. It's not casting away your faith. It's, 
it's maybe casting away your confidence. It's, it's quitting on prayer to where you used to have passion, where you used to have breakthrough. But we don't understand the theology. We don't understand our, with our reasoning the situation. And we faint in our prayers. So let's examine this. Let's figure out why do people faint give you the biology of it. The reason people faint is because there's a lack of blood flow to the brain. And when there's a lack of blood flow to the brain, it shuts off. Now, there's a number of reasons why there can be a lack of blood flow. Your heartbeat isn't uh, uh, working properly, and it's not getting that blood, pumping that blood up so that you can be cognitively aware. Uh, another reasoning is, is your blood pressure. It may be too low to pump the blood. Uh, it could be dehydration, a lack of water. You're not getting enough water. People fall out and faint. Uh, it could be anxiety or fear. You get traumatized. I was talking to a member of the church uh, the other day who, at the sight of blood most recently, uh, saw it and was, boom, out. Didn't want to. You don't have control over it. And... and so it just, it just the lack of blood, the blood pressure goes down and, and you go out. Has anybody here fainted? Okay. It's temporary. But the problem with fainting is it leaves you vulnerable. And it leaves you weak. See, what can happen is when you fall out when you faint, I can steal your wallet. I can draw with permanent marker on your face. I can steal your shoes. All sorts of, you become very vulnerable when we faint. And it's the same spiritually. If we faint in prayer, if we're not persistent in our prayer, if we're not knocking, if we're not asking, and if we're not seeking God, the problem is he's not, it's not that he's not answering. The problem is, is we're quitting on it or we're not understanding God's purposes and fainting, and we become vulnerable for the enemy's attacks when we faint in prayer. We've got to hold fast. Let me show you. Let me highlight uh, this spiritually. It's a loss of faith flow. Physically, biologically, it's a loss of blood flow. Spiritually, if we faint in prayer, it's a loss of faith flow. The first one, if our heartbeat Many times we quit on prayer because our heart is no longer in sync with Father's heart. We've lost confidence in Father God. I've lost confidence from time to time in Father God. Not that he's not God, not that he can't do what he wants to do. I didn't understand why he didn't do what I asked him to do. And I've lost beat and tempo with what he's doing. And I fainted in prayer. Maybe you have. Blood pressure. What happens is when we faint, there's a, a low regard for the blood of Christ. We've forgotten the power of why he came. We forgot what he accomplished on the cross. We cry out those scriptures, by his stripes we're healed. And through the blood of Jesus I command that demon out. And through his blood be healed in Jesus' name. For the blood has sealed every promise of Abraham to us. I think, I hope, 
and my blood pressure in prayer and in the spirit, sometimes it drops. Dehydration. There's a river of life flowing out of me. There's a river of life out of me shall flow rivers of living water. And sometimes in prayer when I've been beaten down and sometimes when I've prayed one after another of another situation and another situation and I've laid hands on this person and went to this person and it didn't seem to be answered, that flow of river of life is a trickle. And spiritually, I've become dehydrated. And I faint in prayer. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. Last one is anxiety. Sometimes a situation will come quickly and out of the blue that just literally scares us or frightens us, uh, impacts us. Uh, People have lost their jobs overnight. People have lost money and they've got to leave their house overnight and God I thought you were going to protect me I thought angels were going to help me not even stub my toe well I'm hurting I stubbed my toe bad where were you fear can make us faint in prayer and lose confidence and ask so this happens to the best of us it happens to all of us I've been around a lot of preachers And I've been around a lot of names, and I can tell you every one of them have fainted in prayer one time or another. Elijah, a man of like passions, went to that brook and said, I'm through. I've had it. He fainted. But see, the thing about fainting is it's temporary. We're not giving up on anybody. We're not giving up on God. We're, we're, we're in a place where we've lost consciousness with what God's doing. And we faint. But God says pray. Now what are we going to do with this? How do you revive a prayer fainter? How do you revive someone that fainted? This is what you do. You kick them. Get up. Obviously, you don't have as much faith as I do. Get up. Fainted. (laughs) Oh, ye. No, you start quoting scriptures to them. This is the good one. I don't know. I don't know what to do. You don't. There's a word right here that knows. If you understood the word of God and had the word of God in you, you'd know what to do. (laughs) They'll fake it till you leave. How do we revive a prayer fainter? And we're going to need to know how to do this because we need each other in these days. And you and I are going to faint in prayer because we'll be overwhelmed at different things and different things in our lives. A, a child comes and tells you that they've decided a different lifestyle. They, they want to go to a different gender. They want to do this in your family. You're, you're going to be confronted by a lot of things that are going to overwhelm you. That people will reject you, this and that. So how are we going to revive our brothers and our sisters? Look around, look around. How are you going to revive a prayer fainter? Because we all need each other's help. I'm going to help you know what to do. The first thing you do when someone faints is you check for injuries. 
This is typically why we faint. We've been injured. Someone falls out when they faint. You look at them and you go, well, there's a pool of blood there. They hit their head hard. Or you check, no, there's no injury, there's nothing. But many times when we prayer faint, there's something that's wounded. Something got injured that caused us to lose consciousness with our faith in God. Something caused us to fall out. Check for injuries. Don't just slap them. Don't just hit them. Rattle them. Are you okay? Be tender. Be gracious. Be caring. Find out if there's injury, first of all. Secondly, you restore the blood flow. That's what made them faint. And the way you do this literally with someone who fainted is you lift their legs up over their head. Not... <laughs> you don't pile drive them. All right? Some... Oh, I've seen some brothers and sisters in action. <laughs> you, you gently lift their feet up so that the blood goes back. You know, we lose touch with heaven. You know, if you would read, uh, let me rephrase this. When you read scripture, you'll see that the gift of edification, the gift of prophecy is almost in every single list of gifts. To edify the body, to exhort the body, keep praying, keep praying, don't give up. You need to get the blood restored, the confidence back to God's promises, the confidence to what he's saying. And so lift them up to restore and revive a prayer fainter. Don't condemn them. Don't chastise them. Say, hey, I understand. Let me encourage you. Let me strengthen you. Third is loosen any constriction. You're supposed to loosen any belts or pants or this or that and uh, things that might be constraining the blood flow again. So we begin to pray for them. A prayer fainter is a wounded believer. A prayer fainter might be a, a believer who is under oppression or under the constriction of the enemy. Maybe there's a lie that they've believed that God won't answer my prayers because of what I did 15 years ago. Because of how I failed him last night, God won't answer prayer. That's a constriction. That's a lie. And I'll come against that. We loosen that. And we release that out of their lives. That's how we revive a prayer fainter. Fourthly, don't get them up too quickly. They'll faint again. Get them back up. You know, we have brothers and sisters that are wounded, brothers and sisters that are, are just in, a, in difficult situations. I, I've ministered to many believers who have had positions of authority and so forth. I, I ministered to a lot of pastors at different churches that fall in sin and this and that. And the first thing they want to do is get back at the pulpit or get back in. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's get up gently. Let's find restoration. Let's get your balance. How many ever give blood? And then they say, go sit in that chair for 15 minutes. No, I'm fine. Drinking. No, no, I'm good. Ready to go. Spoosh. Why don't you, let's rest in God. Rest in God and restore. We need it. We need to get our heart back in sync with Father. Last of all, give them food or juice because you need to build up their blood sugars again. So what is the best food? 
the bread of life, the bread of life, and the water of the Spirit. Begin to encourage, restore them. Pray with them. Remind them of what they do know. They do know. You, you, you just fainted. It's all right. This isn't a rebuke from the Lord. This isn't a chastisement. This is help when we need it. You just fainted. You just fainted. You can get back up. Now, there are other remedies that are more quick to help. Smelling salts. Has anybody here ever used smelling salts? <whistles> Blows the back of your brain out. <laughs> you know, you were fainted and you take a whiff of that and it's like, Wah! there are some times when God is gracious enough to just blow your mind and restore your confidence in him. You'll just see God act in such a way. It's like, he does do miracles. He does answer prayer. Testimonies are great smelling salts. Tell them to each other. It's a great confidence builder. It restores your confidence so you won't faint in prayer. And so you need some smelling salts. And that's what a good testimony will do. It'll help revive brothers and sisters. Amen? Listen, we are to pray without ceasing Paul said this, and let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap a harvest if we faint not. There are times when we are overwhelmed in what we're doing and we faint. The devil can't make us stop, but in our weakness we faint. And we've missed reward, we've missed answers, we've missed certain things because we've fainted. We've grown weary. That's all that's saying. We've gotten weary. Sometimes in prayer, we've gotten weary. God's saying, faint not. We need the body of Christ to help each other not faint in our prayers. As Luke said, Jesus said, the earth shall be in uh, distress. Nations with perplexity, the seas and the waves roaring. Men's hearts failing them for fear. Men will faint. We're in the season. This isn't like winter and fall and spring. This is like end time understanding that we're at a global situation. This is happening throughout the earth. It's not just in the United States, but literally around the globe, governments are shifting and changing. Laws are shifting and changing. Ideologies are shifting and changing. Economics and finances are shifting, changing. Medicine, environment, ecology, leadership, everything's shifting. And mankind everywhere are going to be fainting. The one people who should not faint in this hour is the church, the pillar and foundation of truth. We can't faint. We can't afford to faint. If your brother and sister faints, run to them. Help them. Aid them. We need everybody in this prayer fight. The war is in the heavenlies. We now wrestle not with flesh and blood. I can't have you on watch fainting. I can't be in this pulpit fainting. You can't be in your household fainting. We need each other to encourage each other. And when you do, or if you faint, we'll be there to help you get up. Amen. 
Because Isaiah said he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall fall exhausted. But, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength. And the better Hebrew understanding of that is they shall exchange their strength with God's. They shall mount up as with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and shall not faint. That is the great exchange that God has given us. So when we are weak in our prayers, we're to be praying always. When we are weak, we need to help each other not to faint. In 1 Timothy 5, Paul's writing to Timothy about the widows in his church. Remember, we started with a widow. We're going to end with a widow. And it's interesting because widows, again, are the weakest member in that time of society. Paul said there should be a widow's list for the widows to get on and you take care of them. And he said, but this is how should be the qualifications for them to get on the list. She who is truly a widow is left all alone. Doesn't have family, doesn't have kids. Because if you do, they're supposed to be helping her. uh, She has set her hope on God and continues in prayers and supplications night and day. Well, why should she? I mean, now she's on the list. She's got all the help she needs. We've got families that are going to take food to her. We've got people who are going to give her some cash to pay her rent. We got She doesn't need to pray anymore. And he says quite the opposite, doesn't he? He says the widow should be praying night and day. Night and day. You know, we got under this idea. Somehow it crept into the church that if you had enough prayer, faith, you just prayed and it was done. And I have not read anything like that in Scripture. Every lesson Jesus has given, he says, keep praying, keep knocking, keep asking. In fact, in the Greek, that's what it means. When it says, those who knock shall be answered, it says, those who keep knocking, those who keep asking, those who keep calling, it shall be done. He gave us this importunity, shameless persistence. Widows should be praying day and night, night and day. In Thessalonians, he said, we pray most earnestly, night and and day. In Ephesians, he said, pray with all kinds of prayer at all times in the Spirit. James said, if there's anyone suffering, have them pray. Pray, pray, pray. Always be praying. We don't stop praying. Listen, prayer is what you need. It's like treading water in the uh, ocean of human depravity. If you stop treading water, you're going down. You've got to tread. You've got to pray. Prayer at all times, even when you don't see the answer, even when you don't get your way, even when you don't know what's going on. Pray, because if not, you'll faint and you'll sink. God needs a people on the front lines. It's not so much about getting your way. It's about staying alive in Jesus. Having done all to stand, stand, pray, You know, in the aftermath of unanswered prayer, I've come to this in my own heart, we must presume that God is executing a plan far above anything I could ask or even imagine. I expected something different, but He did something different. And when He does something different, something good is going on. I've got to trust that. 
I've got to believe that. God delights in our praises. God delights in us shouting for joy. But he treasures the faith of those who even after they've been broken and wounded, trust in the sovereignty and providence of God. Will you trust him this morning?